Good afternoon, Lafayette. It is Friday. We have made it. I don't know if you guys are exhausted as I am, uh, but it has been a very long week. Lots of things to to have to discuss, lots of news to pay attention to. We need a break. We really do. We we need we all need a break. Take the weekend. Enjoy it. Try not to focus on the stuff that gets us so riled up. But in order to get there, we do need to get through the news of the day here today. 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation here on the Joe Cunningham Show or send a message through the KPL app chat. Want to hear from y'all on the show today. All right, so we got to talk about the mugshot. I understand that getting your mugshot's not a pleasant experience, but he Donald Trump in his mugshot, probably one of the most iconic mugshots uh, ever. But uh, he, he really does have a face like somebody told him to smile, and whether it was a joke or not, somebody, whoever was taking his mugshot said smile, and he like scowled even harder. That's, that's what the mugshot looks like. Uh, but Donald Trump surrendered to the Fulton County uh, jail yesterday. He has since left Georgia again and is uh, now fundraising off of it, obviously, as one does. But it is uh, it is. It's kind of dominated the headlines today, except not as much as I thought it would. Uh, there are a lot of headlines about it. there are a lot of people talking about the mugshot. But I what I noticed is that. I expected there to be Florida uh, Florida ceiling coverage on the issue of Donald Trump surrendering, the arrest, the mugshot, all of that. And yet I'm still seeing headlines trickling out about the debate, headlines trickling out about Joe Biden, the arrest not making the waves that perhaps they thought it would. Uh, it looks like about 13 million people watched the debate according to the ratings that have come in uh there the, the first poll that came out afterwards showed some very interesting data when it came to the debate and some of it i i find very very interesting uh one of the takes or or one of the things that we learned from the debate is that a lot of people, their favorability, but also their unfavorability went up after the debate, which if you had 13 million people watching it, pretty clear what happened. It's pretty clear that a lot of these candidates just got more exposure. And as they got more exposure, more people went from I've got no opinion to having an opinion about these. Take Vivek Ramaswamy, for example. He went from about 50% favorability to 60% favorability, which is great, but also went from about 13% unfavorability to 32% unfavorability. Tim Scott went from 12% unfavorability to 23% unfavorability. Uh, Asa Hutchinson doubled from 23 to 47% unfavorability. Uh, 
Doug Burgum's tripled. And I thought Doug Burgum had a pretty good performance at the debate, but 10% to 35%. Uh, incidentally, Mike Pence's unfavorability went down from about 57 to 54, but that's still very high unfavorability. Chris Christie, his favorability, his his unfavorability went down from like 62, 63 to 60. That is pretty significant. That Pence, who got some of the most talking time on the stage, and Chris Christie, who was able to make some good points, their their unfavorability went down. But a lot of it is, I mean, if you look at the Ramaswamy thing, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people had never heard, 37% of, vo- of voters had never heard of Vivek Ramaswamy or had no opinion on him. 37%, that tanked to 8%. And now you see his favorability go up from 50 to 60, but also his unfavorability going up from 13 to 32%. More people getting exposure to the candidates is having an impact on how the race is going to go. We've got no polling data from the state-level polling since the debate came out. I imagine Monday we will probably have some data that will kind of show if maybe the debate had an impact on the primary. We'll see on that. But another thing here, another interesting data point on this, Nikki Haley According to this 538 Washington Post Ipsos poll that I'm referencing, Nikki Haley, uh, when they did the who thinks whichever candidate won, Ron DeSantis got 29 percent. Vivek Ramaswamy got 26 percent. Nikki Haley came in third with 15 percent. But she had a 17 point increase in the share of debate watchers who are now considering voting voting for her 29 percent to 46 percent. She had a 14-point increase in favorability from 51 to 65%. Exposure helps the candidates, which is what Donald Trump was hoping to avoid by having his arrest yesterday, the day after the debate. But so many people talked about it yesterday, and yet... These numbers came out, and yet so many people were talking about it, and yet there were enough clips the media had to talk about it yesterday. And Trump's, Trump's surrendering to the, the, to the Fulton County Jail didn't happen until yesterday evening. There was a day full of headlines. And so the candidates are now getting more exposure. One thing I mentioned at the beginning of this week, when I went to Atlanta and listened to a lot of these candidates talk, It was very clear that when you hear the candidates get the ability to talk without the filter of the media, it's a vastly different experience. And that's what a lot of voters experienced on Wednesday night. Yes, there was a time limit. Yes, there was crosstalk. Yes, there was a rambunctious crowd. But voters got to hear the candidates talk. And some of that crosstalk did help, too. Caveat to all this. It is August 25th, 2023. The first primary, the first primary is in January of 2024. A lot can happen between now and then. A lot can happen between now and the end of the primaries. But every candidate who was on that stage, with the exception of Asa Hutchinson, because still nobody cares about Asa Hutchinson. 
every other candidate on that stage benefited from exposure. And that's what they were all looking for. Now, here's the thing that should worry the Trump campaign. Ron DeSantis wasn't hit on Wednesday night. He wasn't attacked by anybody else on that stage. Chris Christie kind of did a little bit there at the end, and, and DeSantis's answer on whether or not he would support Trump was kind of wishy-washy. But the majority of the debate, everybody was going after Vivek. Nobody was going after DeSantis, and DeSantis, for a moment, looked like an adult on stage. He looked like somebody who was composed, who was able to talk about some substantive policy, some substantive issues, and he did what he needed to do in that debate. He slowed the bleeding on the donors that were looking for an escape route. The donors who were worried about Ron DeSantis feel a little more at ease right now. The donors who were looking at away from DeSantis over to Tim Scott, now looking back at DeSantis because Tim Scott had a weak performance. He was meek. He was very much behind the scenes. I told y'all at the beginning of the week, Tim Scott needed to show that he had some steel behind the smile, and he did not show that. He went on very, he was very scripted. Tim Scott was very scripted, much in the way Marco Rubio was in 2016. And I think that hurt him. He did not show a whole lot in terms of engagement with the other candidates. He needs to show that he can be tough, he can be aggressive, and he did not get a whole lot of help out of there. I imagine you can probably see his numbers drop a little bit. Vivek, I think his numbers will rise a little bit, but I also think his unfavorability will continue to rise too because he did annoy a lot of people. But Wednesday and Thursday were the biggest days of the primary so far. Trump had his fourth arrest, his fourth arraignment, but also had a mugshot that came out. That's becoming a huge flashpoint for his campaign. But the other candidates had big moments on Wednesday. And now all of those big moments are fighting against each other. And we're really seeing a potential fight forming in this primary. And in a few months, when we get to the Iowa caucus, that's when a lot of things will come to a head. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Let's take this break. When we get back, the news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. If you're looking for more great conservative content throughout the day, why don't you head on over to my site, redstate.com. I'm a senior editor over there, and I work with a lot of great conservatives, putting out a lot of great news and opinion each and every day. Plus, if you use my name, Joe, as the promo code, you can subscribe with a discount to our VIP section, where you'll get a ton more great content that you won't find anywhere else. Check out redstate.com today. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Sorry about that delay there. Uh, we had a question on the app chat, Mike, wonder how much Trump raised or, or will raise from the arraignment. Uh, it looks like, let me try to make sure on this. Uh, I'm not seeing a number. And I've, I've been looking a couple places since I saw that, Mike. I will keep looking for that number. 
it's kind of significant though, and I may be wrong. I may not have seen it. Uh, I may have missed it somewhere, but normally if you have a big fundraising hall, you announce that pretty quickly. Like for example, uh, Ron DeSantis has announced that he's raised millions in, uh, in the days since the debate. Uh, there's not any announcement from the Trump campaign on how much they've raised since the arraignment. Now, it hasn't been 24 hours yet. Most of the time they wait, they want to do like a 24-hour announcement. So we'll see. I imagine maybe a few million, but most of that money will go right into his legal fees. And so, as I've mentioned before, that's kind of a problem that Trump's got right now is that most of the money he's raising has to go straight to his legal fees. That's a lot of money. Every dollar he has to spend on his legal fights is a dollar he can't spend campaigning, which is something he's got to do because if the debate, as I suspect, provides some benefit for some of the other candidates, that's money he can't spend trying to keep his own numbers in pace. And so they could feasibly narrow the gap there. So if he wants to... When he's got to figure out how to raise enough money to have the legal battles and also run the campaign. That will be interesting to see going forward. But Mike also says his candidate's becoming clear uh, now, which it wasn't a year ago, or a month ago. And I think a lot of people are kind of the same way. A lot of people are starting to make their decisions now, and not just for Trump and the arraignment and everything like that, but a lot of people, like I said, the uh, the people who have the voters who had no opinion on a candidate before the debate now have an opinion. And so lines are going to start, I think, becoming a little bit clearer as we go forward. A lot of the candidates that were on that stage do not have a path forward. We need to remember that. But some of them will will get a little bump out of this. All right. We've got about a minute before we go to our bottom of the hour break. So let's go to the phone line. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham show. Who's on the line? James. Hey, James, what you got? Um, I don't think Trump can legally spend campaign funding on his personal defense. So he's got plenty of money in his own bank account to cover that, and he won't have to worry about taking funds out of campaign funding for that. Well, so what it is is the money gets split and goes to uh, political action committees, and they, through some election finance laws and some trickery there, they use that money to pay for the lawyers and everything like that. So the money gets split and taken actually away from his campaign. Uh, there have been some financial releases that show he's he's going through a lot of money. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that's where that goes. And it's a very tricky situation because he can spend that campaign money himself as well because it's part it, it's it's filed as part of the election. Like he's fighting for this so he can be a candidate, therefore it's campaign spending. It's a it's okay. a it's very tricky accounting stuff that's that's worked into uh, election law. Well, either way, he can still personally afford his his own defense. That's he, he can, but he, thing he's got going for him. He, he's got to liquidate a lot in order to be able to get there. James, thank you very much for the call. I got to take this break. Your calls, your thoughts on the app as well. Two three two fifteen forty two. We will be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk ninety six point five KPL. Hey, this is Joe Cunningham, and you're listening to the podcast version of my daily radio show. Now, if you want to listen live, all you need to do is download the KPL News app to your phone. You can listen live every weekday from 3 to 4 p.m. and communicate with the show using the app's chat feature. So go over to your app store, download the KPL News app, 
and listen to my show every day from 3 to 4 p.m. Central Time on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Glad to be speaking with y'all today. Glad we are at Friday. Good Lord, we all needed a Friday. Hey, if you're in the New Iberia area, just getting word that Highway 182 appears to have opened back up. That's the highway uh, that the train derailment the other day had uh, shut down. But I'm we're, we're getting word that that's opened back up. So good news in the New Iberia area. Uh, also, just real quick, want to remind folks that uh, we are under a statewide burn ban. In fact, the burn ban was uh, amended Today, So the original burn ban was uh, rescinded and a new one was issued. And so the previous one offered exceptions to localities. Um, Those exceptions have now been completely stripped. Uh, There is a statewide burn ban, period, in Louisiana. Do not set any fires uh, subject to uh, prosecution and fines. So please, 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 uh, given what's happening in Beauregard Parish, given what's happening even in places in North Louisiana, really need to make sure that we are not adding to any potential problems here locally. And, you know, had uh, Mayor President Josh Guillory on yesterday. One of the things we talked about is, and, and for a lot of folks, uh, if you've got trailers, you're, you're taking a boat, you're taking, you know, you got a, a trailer loaded down with something, make sure that the chains that you've got are not, you know, running across the ground and causing sparks. Even those little sparks can have a big impact. So do be careful as you're traveling. All right, let's get back to the news of the day. Plenty more to talk about. Jerome Powell with the Federal Reserve uh, came out today and basically said, hey, look, the job's not finished. Uh, Jerome Powell says, expect more interest rate hikes. Uh, we've seen the inflation rate go down, but it's not down enough yet. So we need to do more. Uh, he didn't say anything that was surprising. Most of Wall Street, most of the business community seems to expect the Fed's going to do more. Uh, so that didn't really affect the stock markets today. But as the numbers keep kind of, you know, uh, coming out, it looks like we're we're still, you know, suffering from inflation and some of those uh, secondary effects. And again, a lot of it is just pol- it's caused by political decisions. For example, Joe Biden's food stamp exemption or his expansion has now been linked to a 15 percent jump in grocery prices, according to one study. Uh, pushed by the Biden administration to increase the food stamp benefits to the tune of $1 trillion, could be responsible for a 15% rise in prices at the grocery store, according to a government watchdog report. The Department of Agriculture rolled out a revised nutritional standards for supplemental nutrition assistance program in 2021 that expanded the program by 27% on average from pre-COVID pandemic levels. That's according to the Foundation for a Government Accountability Overall spending on the program more than doubled between 2019 and 2022, going from $4.5 billion in 2019 to $11 billion in 2022, according to a study released by that government account- accountability group. The spending hit $8.6 billion in March 2023, despite some emergency allotments having expired, 
and is expected to rise by 5.8% over the course of the year. And that appears to have contributed to food price inflation. I don't know how closely some of y'all have been paying attention to some of those regular expenses that you have. But yeah, the grocery store is getting a lot more expensive. And this is the problem that I really, you know, it's one thing, Tim, like I said, Tim Scott did not get a whole lot of talk time. He did not get a whole lot of opportunity to uh, really try to be a standout candidate on the stage. But he reiterated a point I heard him make over the weekend, which is that the average American family has lost $10,000 of spending power this year. $10,000. That is hugely significant for the average American consumer. And things are only getting worse in that regard. Yes, inflation has gone down, but as we've discussed multiple times before, that doesn't mean prices are going down. That means prices are still going up, just not as rapidly as they were a year ago. But they're still going up a lot more rapidly than we like. And that's what Jerome Powell is warning about. He's warning about the fact that it is still too high. We've still got a long way to go. And he still left that 2% inflation mark as the Federal Reserve's goal. So you can expect that high uh, interest rate that we have now to continue to be high and to go even higher. And that ultimately, I mean, a lot of folks are saying, hey, it looks like we might have you know, been able to skip an actual recession. I'm not sure. It looks like we might still be headed to a recession. Things are still not great. And if the Fed still has to continue uh raising the interest rate, that just brings us a step closer each and every time. Maybe we've, maybe the Fed has gotten us to a soft landing. I don't know. But even if you have, prices are still way up. Wages aren't really keeping up. Food inflation is up. Now, interest rates are up, which makes a, a, a lot of purchasing a problem for Americans. And on top of all that, From Bloomberg, the bond market is flashing warning signs as the U.S. budget deficit surges. The outlook for the federal budget right now is essentially unprecedented. Crisis-sized deficits as far as the eye can see, according to Bloomberg, even though the economy appears to be in good That prospect is making investors uneasy, as demonstrated by yields on the benchmark 10-year treasuries climbing over 4.3% this week, their highest level since 2007. Other borrowing costs are rising in tandem. The average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage has surged above 7% for the first time in more than two decades. Going further into the story, investors worry that sustained fiscal shortfalls on the scale projected by the Congressional Budget Office could push those rates higher, which only puts more pressure on public finances by adding to the government's ballooning interest bills. Concerns intensified this month after a one-two punch. The U.S. Treasury ramped up debt issuance, heralding a supply deluge that's likely to last several quarters, and Fitch ratings unexpectedly downgraded America's sovereign credit rating. 
there's all these warning signs that government spending and inflation are hand in hand and they are causing an economic problem in the U.S. And the guy at the top in all this, Joe Biden, is clueless or malicious or maybe both. Maybe I need to embrace the healing power of and when it comes to that. Joe Biden is MIA. He's back on vacation. He's back in Lake Tahoe. Actually, I think there was video of him being booed in Lake Tahoe. But he was supposed to be hosting uh, the WNBA champions at the White House. He's a no-show. He's on vacation. He no-commented on the Maui situation on the beach. Now the White House is out there saying, well, he, he didn't hear the question. That's why he said no comment. Really? Because first, the White House was saying that actually what happened is it was, it was a lip reader who said that Joe Biden said no comment. They're, they're changing the story because they know how bad it is. They know that the Maui fire situation is close to a Hurricane Katrina situation for the Biden administration. All of this is happening while the Republicans are trying to figure out who their candidate for next year is going to be. And I know there's talk of replacing Joe Biden. But even if they do. Nobody that they replace him with is going to be any better. Gavin Newsom has seen unprecedented refugees out of his state to other conservative states. His progressive policies are even further to the left than Joe Biden. Michelle Obama wants nothing to do with the White House. The American people want nothing to do with Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg. The Democrats don't have any way to combat the bad times coming if the bad times do indeed come like they're projected to. As Billy points out on the app, we've technically been in a recession. The actual definition of a recession, we met that a year ago. And yet, and yet, nobody will actually say anything about it. The media has gone, has tied itself into pretzels to say that, well, everything's great. The American people just don't believe it. They don't believe their lying eyes. They don't believe the pain they're feeling in their, uh, they don't believe the economy. They believe the pain in their pocketbook, which isn't all that real. That's what the media is saying. You shouldn't believe your lying eyes. You shouldn't believe that pain that you're feeling at the pump. You shouldn't believe that pain you're feeling at the checkout counter at the grocery store. You shouldn't feel that pain from goods and services on the rise. That's what the media, that's what the Democrats want you to know. They're not going out saying, we know that things are painful. We are riding the ship. We are doing what we can. Things have improved. No, they're telling you everything's great. They're painting a rosy as hell picture for you. And you're the fool. If you don't believe that Joe Biden is our Lord and Savior, you're the fool. We don't have an honest media. We don't have an honest Democrat Party. 
hell, we don't have an honest Republican Party most of the time. But we really, the, the people who are supposed to deliver the news don't do that. The journalists out there, the mainstream press, they don't do that. They don't deliver actual news anymore. They are propagandists. They are more invested in supporting the Democrats and trashing the Republicans than being fair and admitting that not only is what Joe Biden's done not working, it's actually made the situation worse. It is measurable how much worse things have gotten. Which is why next year is so, first of all, it's why this year is so important because we have a similar situation in Baton Rouge. We have John Bell Edwards who has taken this state and ground it to a halt. And it's time for us to boot him out. It's time for us to boot out those that would be like John Bell Edwards, including those in the Republican Party, those who claim to be conservative but push those Edwards-type policies. Time to boot them, too. And that's this year. And then you've got next year. And next year is when Republicans have to make the decision. We've got to not only put a Republican in the White House, we have to put the best people in the White House, the House of Representatives, and the Senate, because if they don't, none of the stuff they're talking about doing and trying to reverse Joe Biden is going to actually take place. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. We'll take our final break here, and we will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show to wrap things up momentarily. You guys stick around. You know, in case you miss any show, you can always go back and listen. They aren't lost forever once you listen to them. But I do have a request. If you guys listen to The Joe Cunningham Show and you like what you're listening to, go to your podcast app, wherever you're listening to this from, and give the podcast a rating and a review. That helps get the podcast out in front of more eyes so that we can help the show grow. Thanks again for listening to The Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to join in the conversation. In fact, let's go to the phone lines now. We've got Kathy on the line. Kathy, how are you? Hey, Joe. I'm doing great. Listen, I, I just hate to tell you, uh, kudos to you for making that debate seem a lot more exciting than it actually was. <laughs> I watched... I, you did a better job than everybody on the stage, especially, you know, I thought the losers of the night were the Fox team. They were horrendous. Oh, both, they... both of those two, Martha and Brett. But in any case, um, I'm just not getting to the, the seriousness of, of the moment. We don't want to talk about uh, um, UFOs. We don't want to hear about that during the presidential debate yeah. when our country is going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. But in any case, um I, I really didn't. It really just reinforced what I felt for each of the candidates. I, it didn't change my mind one bit mm-hmm. on any of it. Um, Ron DeSantis probably came in first or second in the debate. Um, I thought he was wooden, and he needs to really work on that uh, on his delivery. Yeah. Um, I, I really like him, though. I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first choice is for Trump. Of course, like everybody else, I'm concerned. Yeah. But um, the debate itself was watched 
they had probably half of the audience they had for 2016, mm -hmm. 13 million people. That's really nothing. Yeah. 80, 80, uh, 80, 80 million people voted, I think, for Trump in, in the uh, last election, the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. So 13 million, that's not a whole lot. I didn't watch the Tucker Carlson interview with Trump until the day after. I had a hard time getting on. Mm-hmm. But it was a great interview, and I really think everybody should try to tune in. That those that haven't, but they, they his views were up at the time, probably 143 million, I think is where where it was. So you know, there's some Democrats watching in, yeah. okay, not mm -hmm. just Republicans. But it was excellent. It was really good, and it uh, it was an encouragement to see him have a rational discussion about everything, and just it was a good. Uh, I, I, you know, sometimes he struggles with some of the leftists that interview him, but he was perfect. He was very natural and very calm and spoke so succinctly to every every question that was asked. Um, so I really want to encourage uh, your audience to take a peek and to yourself if you haven't watched it. I did watch it, uh, actually. And as far as, I'm sorry. I, yeah, and, and I did watch it now. And it was a good interview for Trump, and a lot of it is because he talked about a lot of the same substantive policies. I really want to hear from some of the other candidates, too. It was one of Trump's That's best right. interviews. Yes. So, and, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was prices and inflation. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I shop for my household. Yeah. When they say inflation has dropped, it may have dropped in other areas besides the things that people have to deal with on a regular basis, like putting food on your table, mm -hmm. uh, putting gas in your car. The food prices are through the roof. Yep. Staples are so expensive, and they've gone up not just 15%, 20%. Some items are up 50% from where we were before COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't, I don't see how we can continue. And yes, of course, if you're funding uh, somebody's food table with food stamps and causing everybody else to have a problem putting food on their tables, middle-class Americans and mm -hmm. upper middle, I mean, it's a problem. It and is. I don't know how it's going to stop because the prices are going up. So what are you going to tell the poor? Uh, that's that's a great question, and I don't think the Democrats have an answer for that, Kathy. Kathy, thank you very much for the call. appreciate you calling in. Unfortunately, that's it for the show today, but a great way to end the show. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you to everybody who called in and sent messages through the KPL app. Love talking to y'all. Going to talk to you again on Monday when we get back. Plenty, I'm sure, happening over the weekend. We will have a lot to talk about, as usual, here on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, follow me. Joe P. Cunningham on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at RedState.com. You guys have a fantastic day, a fantastic weekend, and stick around because Shannon is offsides and he's up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.